Hello and welcome to a brand new edition of the brand new, still pretty much the same, but definitely got a new name. Heck yeah. Nerd Thug Radio Sports. Woo! We might just go Nerd Thug Sports. I think it is. I think we should do Nerd Thug Sports. That feels Nerd b- Thug Sports. Nerd Thug Sports. That feels better. What's up, Conroe? This is, uh, you're listening to us on 104.5 and 106.1. They're the sister stations. Or we're streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, check us out at NerdThugRadio.com or Facebook.com backslash NerdThugRadio. Um, yeah, Nico, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, doing all right. All right, cool, cool. Getting some exercise going, trying to lose some weight, get get buff. Get buff? Get buff. All right, yeah. Uh, we're always, as always, brought to you by Cox ATA. Um, and that's going to that's gonna change here soon, but if you're looking for a sponsor, if you're, uh, if you're looking to sponsor some radio airtime, I should say, Go ahead and hit us up on Facebook.com backslash NerdThugRadio or at NerdThugRadio.com. There's all kinds of contact us info. We can talk to you about rates and get you going on that. Um, anyway, the, this is kind of a, this is a really interesting week of sports. It really is. We it's just came out of the Super Bowl. Oh, man, that was a lowest scoring Super Bowl in history. <sighs> it was rough to watch, man. Was I, really, was, I, I'm not really that mad that I missed it. It was rough to watch. Um, and the NBA trade, de- trade deadline is... Right now, it's passing right now as we speak. Wow. Um, now, the NBA tra- uh, trade deadline, there's always one or two trades, but this season is going to be, it's been crazy so far, and I and I think, you know, there's always things that trickle in and all that, and there's right, things in the last right. hour or two that we've probably missed. Um, it's going to be it's, it's going to be big. It's going to be big. There was already been, I mean, just come, closing up last night, watching the games last night, uh, by the way, the, the, the Bucks just... Destroyed Washington. Um, we're going to talk about them a little bit later. The Washington Wizards—it's—it's it's, it's not going good for them. Um, but just during that game, there were three trades that got announced. Um, just madness. Also, last night at like three in the morning, a trade got announced. <laughs> uh, like these things are happening. Like the trade deadline's coming up. It's that's like, right. You got like anyone ever who's ever turned in any paper ever. They're like, oh yeah, I got till Friday. Yeah, and, and then and at Thursday uh, at midnight. Thursday like, at midnight. They're, <laughs> they're I got, writing. I got six hours to turn this paper in before the little computer deadline shuts me off. Right. I, I've been there. I've done it. Um, it's funny and interesting because it, it's a like aggressively. You're either a buyer or a seller of the NBA every year. You're either a buyer or a seller. If you're a seller, then if you have anybody that anybody else wants, you dump them to get picks. If you're a buyer, you're like, man, we're really, really close. Uh, you know, every little bit helps. This is this is where it's tight. This is where winners make big decisions. Let's let's dump something let's, from the for the future. Let's get there. Let's mess up our roster a little bit, but let's be so competitive that we win. Right. Um, and like I told you, this year I've kind of made the case already that this is the year that Golden State I think is is possibly vulnerable. Um, this will be their fifth trip to the finals if they make it all the way. Right. And this will be their uh, third in the row if they win. It's pretty solid. That's it's fairly unheard of. Uh, Phil Jackson did it with with like four teams. But otherwise, people don't normally get three in a row. Normally, um, he actually he did it twice with the Bulls and he did it once with the Lakers. Almost a second time, he got two in a row with the Lakers a fourth time. Wow! So he almost did it a fourth time. Um, close enough. Close enough. Uh, the the reality of of the situation is is this season I think is kind of wide open. So there's teams that have made their push. If you're in the Eastern Conference, especially, it's it's wide open, wide open, wide open because no LeBron James. Right, LeBron James went to the Lakers, so suddenly somebody other than the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to be in the conference finals for the for the first time in four years. Right, um, and someone not named LeBron James will be leading a team from the East for the first time in seven years. Right, um, yeah, just wrap your brain around that. That's well, insane. Well, he's seven, just, actually eight years because he did it Cleveland, Miami. I think two times in Cleveland, three in a row in Miami, four in a row in Cleveland. Now he's in LA. Jeez, like I feel like I feel like anyone who tries to argue that he's not the best player right now is is foolish. Yeah, at the very least, you have to go right now. I agree with that. I, and I think you start. I think it's it's easy to have the all time conversation. Right. It's at least in the conversation. 
Um, and and you, it's you know it's real because people do like dumb eye roll things when they're like, "Oh, Michael Jordan never complained this much." And it's, it's like, like dude, did you ever watch Chicago Bulls play? Michael Jordan didn't stop talking the entire time he's on the court. He's talking trash to you. He's talking trash to the ref. He's talking trash to your coach. He's talking trash to the bench, to the fans. Like, he ran his mouth the whole time. So when someone goes, LeBron James whines, uh, Michael Jordan wasn't exactly some weird, quiet basketball saint. Like, right, yeah. Like, that's, that's, not, that's not what was happening there. Also, LeBron James, I feel like, he, he just was there all the time, like, soloed by himself. Yeah, for sure. So we were talking about trades. Uh, you were saying you, you you were coming in today. You said, "Man, you know, yeah. I would you would try and win trades." Is that what you're saying? Right. Yeah. Like if I'm in a trade, I don't want to make you like better than me. <laughs> like I'm not trying to trade you up to. It's always like I lose. Right. No. And that's you know it's kind of an interesting conversation. Um, in the NBA, Danny Ainge is the general manager of the Boston Celtics, and he's kind of become known as the guy who wins trades. When he makes trades, at the time you're looking at it and you you say some nice things, and then when you fast forward a couple of years, you're like, well, actually, in hindsight, that was a terrible deal. Right. Um, it's something that seems good on paper, and then you're like, oh, no. Yeah. And, oh, no. And, and, like, and, and I'm sure both sides, when they make deals... Like, everyone wants to be satisfied. Right. Well, and sometimes there's just no way around it, too. Like, um, especially in the NBA, where there's a lot of leverage in the player's favor... Um, when they just flat out say, listen, I'm not going to resign here. And there's no mechanism in the NBA to keep a guy who says he won't resign. In the NFL, they have the franchise tag. Uh, but in Major League Baseball, after they run out of their player control years, you have to negotiate a contract. And if there's not, if they're on an open year, they can just go, no, nah, I'm going to leave. No, nah, I'm good. And, and so in the NBA and in baseball, the players have that ability to force that trade that last year where they go, you know what, listen. I'm not going to resign with you. You literally have just this window, this one year of control over me. So either trade me or get nothing when I leave. Right. Um, because there's no reward mechanism either. The NFL, if if you lose players to free agency, you get draft picks back. Um, Which is nice and all, but but well, in, in the NFL, you can discover players anywhere if you if you you know if you're lucky. People get lucky all the time in the NFL. The NFL, I think, maybe handles this the best of everyone. As far as free agency and trades, but they also do like the fewest trades typically. Yeah, that's true. You don't really see a lot of trades. I feel like you don't. The NFL doesn't do a lot of trades. Although this year there were quite a there were a f- I say quite a few. There were like six, which is more than <laughs> which is quite a few by football standards. It, it just is, which is sort of silly. But the NBA, I'm, I mean, like I said, just watching watching the game last night, there were three. That was the early game. During the early game, there were three trades. Right, like three a.m. There's another trade, yeah. randomly. Yeah, it's all it's all going to come to fruition. We're going to talk about a, a lot of the trades in one of the segments. We're also going to talk about uh, the Super Bowl. We're going to go over some stuff. We're going to get a little. We're going to get into some of the political issues around it, also because it, it politics definitely invaded sports over the weekend. And if you don't know what we're talking about, we're going to catch you up on all that. Uh, and if they you didn't know what we're talking about, they didn't do the SpongeBob thing. They didn't do the SpongeBob thing. And I'm real offended. The internet was. Very offended. I'm hurt. Um, they promised the SpongeBob thing, and they they even got the licensing, and they aired the dumb fish, and then they don't even do the song. They don't even do the song. Not only do they not do the song, they did it as an intro for another artist, which you know, in memoriam, kind of feels a little bit rude. Ooh, okay, all right, that's um, a take. You got a hot take there, okay. Um, well, how much time we got? Got time to get into it here? Yeah, I got, I got, we got a couple minutes here. All right, jump into it. Go. Uh, so like. He passed away from a horrible disease. The um, SpongeBob guy? Yeah. He died last year, right? Yeah, he had MS. So okay. Like, That's, by the way, that is one of the, like, Robin Williams, when they thought he had MS, he had, like, intermittent relapse, relapsing MS, they thought. he. That's when he That's when he took his own life. Like, it's it's a horrible disease, and it, it kills you early. Yeah. Um, uh, And, like... I, to the fact that they didn't even, like, there was a huge movement behind it. They did all the licensing. They had the voice actors. And then, like, they just chicken out. And also, the only clip they used, they used to introduce Travis Scott, which, you know, I like Travis Scott. It's nothing, I have nothing against him. It's just weird that they'd use that transition just to introduce another artist into the into the fray. When this is supposed to be, you know, like, he died. It didn't, it's not like, it's like a, oh, we're just celebrating. 
Like he passed. This is a big deal. This this is like hmm. your big shot here. This is so you're saying that because they put together all the stuff to do it, right? They should have they should have at least given him a a, a couple minutes, a couple right. seconds. Just just do the sweet victory. That's all we wanted. That was one of the biggest episodes of SpongeBob. Like everyone like around my age who actually watched the episode, like that's a ton of people's favorites. It's such a fun and iconic scene. They're at the they're at the SpongeBob Super Bowl. <laughs> They're at the SpongeBob's. Is that what it is, really? Yeah, it's like they're playing. They're playing the Super Bowl halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then that makes it even more sensical that it should fit in. It, it really does. And instead, they go to Travis Scott. Um, they do a thirty-second thing of we're introducing the greatest artist alive in SpongeBob, and then and, and it's then it's Travis Scott. Travis Scott, who uh, is who does have ties to Houston. He does do the Astro World uh, tour. Yeah, he did the the Astro World. They. Um, What's it called? Music festival here. Yeah, well, that's his tour, is what it is. Well, yeah, but he like yeah. a, he held like an entire festival there too. Oh, it was more than just him. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then, so they do sicko mode, and then they bring in Big Boy and the Big Cadillac. Boy. Um, and then Adam Levine with his really boring, not good, bad sound editing. I, I'm not. He takes his shirt off. Uh, which listen, he takes his shirt off all the time. Good looking dude. Tattoos, right? Models. By the way, he he does a uh, cologne campaign that he does modeling for, where they use another band's song. That seems weird, right? Because he's the lead singer of Maroon Five, and he's not going to use. And the song they use for the cologne is a Cold War Kids song. That's strange. I I I wonder, like. You paid for Adam Levine, but you didn't pay for Maroon Five. But instead, you paid for Cold War Kids. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's the indie. What is it? What is it? The indie band curse now. Like any relevant indie band will just have like one song that's just flash in the pan in like every advertisement and then go away. <laughs> Listen, it, get that ad money. No, like get I'm not against money. it, but like it's it's what happens now. Hey, well, yeah, man. Like everyone's like. Like Portugal, the man had like four commercials and then like disappeared yeah. off the face of the earth. Uh, they'll be back though. They're too good. They'll, they're probably they've just, been making music for like four or five years at this point. Yeah, they're probably just on tour somewhere. That's one thing. Like when a band goes on tour, yeah, you kind of forget the where they're at. That's true. And they're, they're just they're playing Spain. And it's like, like uh, oh okay, <laughs> yeah. Just, oh that's oh that's right. They're on a European tour right now for that album two years ago. They're still on tour. Uh, Vertical Horizon. When I was a kid, came out with an album. My junior year, so 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. Um, they went on tour for like three years. They were crushing it. This album was huge. It was their debut. They were blowing up everywhere. Everybody was so excited, and everyone was happy. Went and saw them. C- cost probably like $100 back then. Uh, they're, they're on tour. They're on tour. They're on tour. They're on tour. The label comes to them and says, hey, everything's you know wrapped up. You guys are going to be heading home soon. Um, do you want to make another album? And they said, uh, we're going to we're gonna jump on another tour and just tour some more. And they're like, oh, okay. And then like a year later, they said, hey, man, you know, uh, you ready to record? And they said, uh, we're going to jump on another tour. <laughs> and then like six months later, like, you ready to record? They're like, we're going to jump on another tour. Uh, they still have never made another album. They are still touring right now. And I don't think they've ever actually stopped touring. They might be homeless. Or billionaires at this point. Well, I don't I'm know. sure they're. I'm sure they're. But now they're playing like, like small places. Right. Same album, but now it's like twenty five dollars to see them at like the 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 wireless theater downtown that holds like sixteen people. I love it. I love it. I want like to play like they're playing I like dive bars. Twenty years. <laughs> no joke. They've been touring since literally since like two thousand and one. I don't. I don't think they've ever stopped it. I don't think they ever even bought a house. Who needs to when you could just tour for 20 years? Yeah, think about it. Like, all your expenses are comped. You're just in hotels and free plane rides your whole life. Although, I guess eventually it has to end, right? Like, you can't, like, if you're playing dive bars now for 15 bucks a head, like, it's not the life anymore. <laughs> but it was once. <laughs> but it was once. All right, we're going to jump out of here and do a break. When we come back, we got a lot more Nerd Thug Sports coming your way. What's up, Conroe? It's the Captain Joey Savage of Nerd Thug Radio. School is back in session, so let's talk about Cox ATA Martial Arts. As the leader in the American Taekwondo Association in North Houston, with two convenient locations, there's one in Conroe next to the Academy on North Loop 336, 
one in FMF 1488 in Magnolia. They have martial arts, self-defense, and leadership programs for everyone in the family. For those interested, check them out at coxata.com. And for those interested as well, mention Nerd Thug Radio to receive two free weeks of training. Cox ATA Martial Arts. We teach life skills, we build leaders, we leave a legacy. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports. What's going on, Conroe? This is 104.5, 106.1, Sister Stations. And we are on streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. And, of course, we are brought to you by Cox ATA. We'll tell you a little bit more about them a little bit later in the broadcast. Um, yeah, so the Super Bowl was Sunday. That it was. You didn't watch it, you said? No, I didn't. I, didn't, I was doing a lot of homework, so I was like, man. Listen to you. Student Nico. I know, right? Nico's back in school, and so, like. I feel like a giant nerd. Yeah, homework's not fun, but I'd rather do it once early and instead of doing it all late. But I feel like it was probably all due Monday. Yes. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> if I know if I know my genes, I know my genes, and they're in you. <laughs> um, yeah, so the NFL does a couple things. They've been going through. They've been hiring their head coaches and all that. And everyone's been basically, okay, Sean McVay took the Rams to the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah. They were in there. Uh, we now know it didn't go well for them. But, no. he, but he was playing against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Which good team. Pretty good, good team. team. Pretty, pretty good, good coach. coach. Pretty good quarterback. No. Um, pretty solid overall. Yeah, they know what they're doing. They might have seen one or two of these before. But so it was sort of like everyone pre-Super Bowl was talking about like a changing of the guard. And hiring this year for head coaches, a lot of people associated with Sean McVay or similar to Sean McVay were hired for jobs because of Sean McVay's success. The NFL... I, I think that's real not smart. Yeah, yeah. so the NFL's a copycat league, uh, and they mean that on every single level. If something works somewhere, whether it be a play, whether it be a defense, whether it be a, uh, a formation, whether it be a coach, whether it be uh, a strategy in drafting, once it shows success in the NFL, every team takes an aspect of it um there was one year the, the miami dolphins were garbage shocker wow um, amazing. their offense was real bad this is kind of a neat story uh they basically on the plane back they basically looked at the offensive coordinator and said listen uh give me something anything your anything. best anything and he said okay he called up his coaches and he said guys wide open what do you got anything is possible what do you got and one of the coaches, I believe it was the quarterback's coach, pitched the idea of what became called the wildcat offense, which is direct snap to the running back, but the quarterback's not even lined up in the backfield. He's shifted out into motion on the outside. Ronnie Brown, the starting running back for the Miami Dolphins, threw for, I believe, four touchdowns and ran for two more the next game Whoa. against, I believe, the Patriots. Man. Poor um, Patriots. They never had a chance. They always lose to these wild plays. Well, it, it, it was a weird thing. They were down in Miami. It was one of the times I think they lost in Miami. Um, of course, because they have like one of the worst records there for no reason. Well, I mean, it's a long trip for them. They're up there in New England in the cold, and typically they play them at the end of the year, and so it's hot and humid still in Miami. They've been playing in crisp, cool weather. They haven't been dealing with humidity for a while. It's just kind of a different experience for them, I feel like, and I think that's part of the big reason why. But the coach that was involved, um, he was from the Arkansas staff, and the reason that's relevant is his daughter used to go to Spring High School and knows some of the people that I know, and so so you're tangentially related. <laughs> yes, and so like I've used this to get inside information before about people. He was also on the staff with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and when Ryan Fitzpatrick came down here, the the word through the back route. But back root grapevine was essentially he'll give you about three good games, then he'll think he's smarter than everyone else in the room. And that's exactly what wound up happening with him. Um, and so it's just an interesting thing is to be weirdly connected. But the Wildcat worked. And so Miami ran it the rest of the year. Throughout the game, they would run about 10 to 12 Wildcat plays. Well, about two weeks later, 
everyone was running a variation of a Wildcat play. Uh, it's now a staple in your Madden play calling. There's a whole little Wildcat package. It's never gone away, and it's because occasionally it works. Um, and so, um, yeah, so there, it's just kind of interesting. The NFL always copies things. So Sean McVay, they fired Jeff Fisher middle of the season. His One of his assistant coaches covered for him the rest of the year. They hire Sean McVay. He's 30 three at the time of the hire or 32 and he just turned 35 now coming into the Super Bowl and in the two years he's been the coach he's completely turned around the franchise uh Jared Jared Goff was the quarterback under Jeff Fisher and was bad he was taken number one overall and there were people in the room who after watching him practice were like it's not gonna work this guy is not a quarterback and Fast forward, he's now starting in a Super Bowl, and everyone credits Sean McVay with like rebuilding, redesigning everything, and getting Jarrett Goff up to NFL ready. Um, they use all this crazy motion in their offense. They they do all these side to side motions with the receivers every play. They do all they threaten all the jet sweeps and all the different stuff. Um, and so you saw everyone else add motion. Kansas City followed St. Louis's notion of motion pre offense, and Tyreek Hill. The notion of motion. The notion of motion. Tyreek Hill spent this entire season basically in motion before every single play. And it was so that you're just trying to get the best matchups, trying to get all the before the defense can react and realize what they've done. If they're in man and they chase the other guy over to the other side, all of a sudden there's only one corner against one wide receiver over on the far, far, far right side. And there's no room for help. And suddenly you got man on man and you, and you have your situation that you want. And if you, hike the ball fast enough, the defense can't react and adjust to it. Um, and so motion became a big part of this, and you saw everyone steal that. Sean McVay is now, I mean, okay, with the Super Bowl loss, I mean, he still won the NFC. But a lot of the coach hirings were, were, were copying that. Um, and then on the flip side, Bill Belichick, everyone hires his assistants away, and they don't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Because they're not as big-brained big as Bill Belichick. Well, Bill Belichick, I think he basically just gets you to do your thing. I think what makes Bill Belichick special is that he literally has you do whatever it is you're great at. He finds your thing, and he says, that's what I want from you. So, like, if you're a bass player and you just slap the bass, he's like, all right, great. He'll build a band around you slapping the bass, and they'll be like, you're the greatest bassist ever. And the reality is... He just was like, nah, he, he knows those four notes real well, and so we just built around that. And and that's, I think even with the coaches, that's what he does. Oh, man, you really understand wide receiver route concepts. You're going to be my wide receivers coach. And then someone's like, hey, I want to hire your wide receivers coach. And he's like, okay, cool. And they get there, and they have the credibility of the New England Patriots, but they don't know anything else because he doesn't need them to know anything else. He's got. He's like the ultimate organizer. I think. I really think that's what it is because they'll draft guys, and you know exactly what they're going to do with them when they draft them. They draft a guy, and they'll be like, "Okay, this guy is great at rushing the passer." Well, guess what? He's not going to do. He's not going to look for the run. He's not going to cover passes. He's literally going to run at the quarterback every time. So they'll just use the guy only in the situations where they want him to rush the passer. They'll just put him in positions to do the one thing he's great at. And then when it's when he's when he's old and it's not working anymore, when someone's blocking him, when someone's figured it out, they'll trade him and they'll move on to something else. All right. They don't. I mean, they're very compartment, very compartmental, and they just they just replace the pieces and they keep doing it every year, every year. So it's just it's it's literally just a toolbox. They just it, they, it seems that way. It's nine Super Bowl appearances in eighteen years. That's insane. It's six Super Bowl wins in 18 years. Which is even more insane because that's more than pretty much everybody else. Here's how, here's how you want to make it even crazier. They went four years without appearing in the Super Bowl. Oh, yes, I did see that. In the middle. So if you subtract those four years out where they just – one of those Tom Brady blows out his knee. This is, you know, they lost the Super Bowl to the Giants with the greatest assault. They went 18-1. and one. Then they missed for the next four years. Um – but if you look at that, if you took that out, nine Super Bowl appearances in 14 years, six uh, wins in 14 years. Uh, gross. It, it suddenly becomes a really crazy thing where you're going, how can they be that good? 
I think it comes back to Bill Belichick just knowing how to play this game. And, and you can't copy that part. That's the thing that's uncopyable. And so... Well, that's a, that's a, that's another thing. Uh, kind of, we're running out of time here, but a uh, small thing, small note about like card games and stuff. It's like you can have the best deck in the game. You can have all the best pieces on this team, but if you don't know how to operate it and you don't know how to optimize it, you're not going to go anywhere. Exactly, exactly. Um, and so I think you can have better players on, like, Tom Brady's resume will be the greatest resume in the history of quarterbacking. He will be the most successful quarterback ever. There are other quarterbacks who are more athletic or more gifted than him, though. Right. If Aaron Rodgers had been in Tom Brady's shoes, they probably, and it's weird to say this, they probably go to more Super Bowls. They probably go to more Super Bowls, and they might even win more Super Bowls. And it's weird to think that. Because here's a guy who's just as accurate as Tom Brady, but also can run and is a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger and a little bit taller and just everything Tom Brady is but a little bit more and has Super Bowl wins on his own in, in Green Bay where they have to make they have to build teams to make a run where New England is always running at the Super Bowl. Um, it's just weird to think about that this is possible. Um, that being said, I, I do The new era for the Patriots could be the most wild ever. <laughs> Well, I mean, what do you do? So two, three years from now, right. what's it going to look like? And that's interesting to see. I don't know how much longer Bill Belichick coaches. I don't know how much longer Tom Brady plays. Forever, they're going to keep him isolated. They're going to put his brain <laughs> in a. They're going to put his brain in a tube. If he goes gonna... Futurama and just goes head in a jar, and he right, coaches yeah. for the next hundred years, right? <laughs> and the Patriots winning a fifty-nine million Super Bowl. <laughs> and Bill Belichick is the most winningest coach of all time with thirty championships. Like, I mean, I don't know. What you, I don't even know what to say to it. Uh, we're going to jump out. When we come back, we're going to talk NBA trades. We might get into the more Super Bowl stuff. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we'll be right back. What's up, Conroe? It's the Captain Joey Savage of Nerd Thug Radio. School is back in session, so let's talk about Cox ATA Martial Arts. As the leader in the American Taekwondo Association in North Houston with two convenient locations, there's one in Conroe next to the Academy on North Loop 336, one in FMF 1488 in Magnolia. They have martial arts, self-defense, and leadership programs for everyone in the family. For those interested, check them out at coxata.com. And for those interested as well, mention Nerd Thug Radio to receive two free weeks of training. Cox ATA Martial Arts. We teach life skills, we build leaders, we leave a legacy. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. All right, Conroe, welcome back to Nerd Thug Sports. Um, I think there's only like five days until pitchers and catchers report for spring training. For the next 100 years, they'll play baseball, and then true. they'll take their two-day Sabbath, <laughs> and then That's they will true. come back. And then they're back again. We are we are getting ready for the next eight months of baseball very, very soon. Uh, so long. There's so many games. The season is so long. But here's the weird part. Bryce Har- Harper and Manny Machado have yet to sign. Oh, no. So both 300, men, $300 million mans don't have a team. We don't have $300 million yet. It seems like Manny Machado is going to wind up getting like 220, 240. And I think Bryce Harper still gets like his 275, possibly 300. Oh, no. I have 30 million less dollars <laughs> from my 300. I personally think it would matter. But like when you watch these NBA trades going on, like it seems to some of these guys that they don't care. Like, I guess we'll do trades here, I guess, because we, I, I brought that up. Uh, Anthony Davis for the New Orleans Pelicans is asked out of New Orleans, obviously. It's been the big story for a week and a half. Um. Yeah, and so, but asking out of New Orleans cost him about $38 million over the length of the next contract. The only team that could offer him the quote-unquote hometown supermax as New Orleans based on the rules. And so, um, yeah, by asking out of that, all of a sudden, he's, he's, he's going to get less money. Um, and he just doesn't want to be there anymore. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He he really doesn't, and that's part of. Uh, he still wants a job, though. <laughs> well, yeah, he still wants to play, but forty million dollars is it's a lot. That's a lot of money. I could I could be on a bad team in New Orleans for the extra forty million dollars. 
You could, but he probably doesn't care at this point. Well, I mean, listen, there's a thing to be said that people just want to win. People just want to win, and that's, yeah. I mean, that's just the reality of it. Is is nobody wants to be the ones who I don't want to be bad and make a lot of money. I want to be good and win. Yeah, you don't want people to remember you for. Uh, I mean, I just guess. being on a terrible team for five years. So there's been all kinds of trades going on here. Um, the Heat and the Suns made a, made a deal for former Rocket Ryan Anderson. He'd been um, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson. He's been the Australian center who shoots threes. Uh, he was really bad for us. It didn't work out, but we gave him eighty million dollars. I think he's on the last year of that. Nice. And so he's earning twenty, twenty plus million. He's over there in uh, in Phoenix as their starter, and it looks like he's going to be going to Miami Heat. And I think what they're going to do there is it's for the money next year. They're going to free up cap space. Is what it looks like. Um, the Rockets, I think this is a big deal for them. This is this is getting a guy who's going to help in the postseason. They are trading for a guy with actual championship experience. Oh, yeah. Amon Shumpert. Good job. Uh, Amon Shumpert um, played with, uh, with LeBron in Cleveland. So he's got a ring, and he also has been in multiple finals. So that's good. Yes. That's always a solid. Just That's what you want. You want the guys who know what it takes. Also, know what they're doing. And he's played under pressure. Under and, pressure. And he's a he's a decent perimeter defender. Um, He's a little bit older now, a little bit slower. Uh, but he should be well-rested because, like, you know, he was he was in Sacramento now, and they weren't really using him that much. Uh, Washington, the Wizards. Okay, this is bad news, all right? Uh, John Wall, their superstar, who mm-hmm. they've just – they're – He's about to start his Supermax hometown contract. He'll be making $47 million four years from now. Um, He was already scheduled to miss the rest of this year with an infection in his heel and an injury to the heel. Apparently, while he was at home waiting for the infection to clear up so they could go fix it, uh, he stumbled and had a slip and fall uh, a couple days ago. And so he then went to the doctor, and while they were looking at the infection, they went ahead and checked out the other thing. Towards Achilles, oh. it's a 10 to 15 month uh, rehabilitation, recovery. He will now miss all of next year, the first year of his hometown Supermax contract, $29 million. That's a good feeling. I like to, I'd like to do rehab for $29 million. Yeah, right? Uh, Washington, though, they were going to, they tried to make the push for this year. They have three players on max contracts. They signed some other guys, including Dwight Howard, former Houston Rocket. Um, they had made the push that this was going to be their year, and just like every other year for Washington, it hasn't been. Um, they now just punted on this year. They traded uh, Otto Porter, um, and they traded him to, who did they send him to? I think this is one of the two Sacramento trades that I think is a big deal. Oh, no, they, okay. They sent him to Chicago. Uh, Chicago, it sounds like they want to keep Otto Porter. I'm not totally sure why, but it is what it is. They want to. Whatever. They want to. Um, it's He's just making so much darn money is really the thing. Now, Washington moving Otto Porter, the other two guys, th- they uh, their contracts are, are – they'll go away, and so it saves them significant money. Uh, also, their contracts are lesser, so it saves them money. They're still $2.3 million over the luxury tax hold. So, as you're hearing this, they're probably making one more trade and expect to hear the name Bradley Beal somewhere in it because he's the other guy on the max contract. What I really think they're going to do is they're just going to go super cheap for the next two or three years and just yeah, try again. And just eat the fact that, that John Wall is just taking up, you know, 40% of their cap. There's nothing nothing else they can do. It's just insane. It's a weird contract. It makes you, because of the way the NBA is structured, that you can go over to keep your guys. It's okay to give these contracts out. But the problem is when this stuff doesn't work out and you're committed to three or four of these guys like this, you're stuck. You're stuck. The next couple years are just, they are what they are. I feel like I'd, I'd be, I'd be super cheap. I feel like, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want like super, these ridiculous super max contracts. You'd never win. You would never win. And that's the thing is like to, there's like, no not matter a, how much I liked you, unless you're like actually really good and like you're carrying well, our team. But that's okay. So like when John Wall's with the Wizards, they they're a fifth seed. When he's not with them, though, they're not even in the playoffs. 
Um, so like, you have to believe. Oh, if I get them enough help, we can maybe win. And this year in the East, it was wide open. So they went all in. Uh, you know, just like I'm telling every other team to do. Uh, but he's real injured. Like now, real, now real injured. Now it's real bad. Like. They bet and they lost, but that's good. Everyone's gonna lose. Only one team is gonna make it to win it. You know what I mean? Right. Um. It's just they're out of it already. <laughs> <laughs> they just lost way earlier than yeah, everyone else. They just lost way earlier than everyone else. Um. The Philadelphia 76ers, Um. They basically got rid of the rest of their bench to get a fifth starter. Um. Their starting five is probably now one of the best in all of the NBA. Honestly, except maybe Golden State. Um. Yeah, I'm going to say Golden State's starting five is better. They had the second-best starting five in all of the NBA. Uh, they traded for the Clippers' Tobias Harris. The reason this is important, Tobias Harris is the best player on the Clippers' team. They're the eighth seed. The Lakers are the ninth, tenth seed, depending on who's where. This is relevant because the I think essentially the Clippers just punted on this season, and they're going to fall out of the playoffs, and I think the Lakers sneak in. Ooh, LeBron's backhanded I think voice. I, I do. I think he is backhanded. I think he's going to look at the standings today and, and go, all right, well, I'm going to play every game now for the rest of the way out, and we'll get in there. Um, I, I, you know, it's just really interesting to me how all this stuff is going on. And people thought LeBron wasn't going to make it to the playoffs this year. Little did you know. <laughs> That's right. And the Mavericks, remember, the they traded for Christoph Porzingis. Um, they now also traded for Zach Randolph. So now they're going to have cap space to get another good player this offseason to pair with those two. Ooh, nice. Which means as Houston gets older over the next three years, Dallas is going to be young and fresh to death. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm a little worried about that. As a Just as a sports fan here in Houston, I'm, I'm a little concerned about that. I don't like that as much. I'm worried. <laughs> a little I'm bit. I'm concerned. Not happy about that. Um... But yeah, they sent they sent Harrison Barnes to Sacramento. Sacramento was also involved in the trade for us for Amon Shumpert. That's where we got him from. I'm not sure why they're they're out of it now, but their young team really showed great early success. They were a six seed as much as last week. They're now out of it, and with the with the moves they just made, I think they're completely out of it. Um, but that's some pretty good promise from your young guys. It is, and their team is very young, very young. The Sacramento Kings. They don't have anybody of any real age or standing on their team. Their their best guys are all playing on rookie deals right now. So they're going to start paying some people here. I think De'Aaron Fox is in year four of his deal, uh, and he's kind of leading their 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 youth movement. But overall, they they're ready to start taking some next steps, possibly. But Sacramento. Again, they were one of those franchises who they they had all the pieces they thought they needed at one time, and they they lost to the Los Angeles Lakers like three years in a row, and and then they took that team apart. Like, okay, we keep losing. Bye. <laughs> all right, we're done with these Legos. Just right. kind of take right. these and give just, these away. Just trade them out. And that's kind of what they did. Uh, we're gonna jump out of here. When we come back, we got just a little bit more ball control for you. I mean, a little bit more nerd thug sports. First time I've done it. Hey. Uh, we come back. We got a little bit more nerd thug sports for you. Stay tuned. What's up, Conroe? It's the Captain Joey Savage of Nerd Thug Radio. School is back in session, so let's talk about Cox ATA Martial Arts. As the leader in the American Taekwondo Association in North Houston, with two convenient locations, there's one in Conroe next to the Academy on North Loop 336. One in FMF 1488 in Magnolia. They have martial arts, self-defense, and leadership programs for everyone in the family. For those interested, check them out at coxata.com. And for those interested as well, mention Nerd Thug Radio to receive two free weeks of training. Cox ATA Martial Arts. We teach life skills. We build leaders. We leave a legacy. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to this very excellent, very last segment of Nerd Thug Sports right here in 104.5, 106.1, the sister stations, hanging out right here in Conroe, Texas. Um, yeah, go ahead. I'm going to I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Can you tell our friends about Cox ATA? 
Uh, yes, I can. Do it. So uh, they have uh, two convenient locations, one in Magnolia, the other in... Oh, I'm going to forget the address every time. Uh, there's like, two locations there's in There's two locations in Conroe. <laughs> one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. Um, uh, oh, gosh, I'm so bad at this. They offer courses for the kids. They offer courses oh, for... Oh, yeah, there's tons of different courses you can have. There's tons of, like, self-defense, self-improvement. If you really want to work out, that's a, it's a really just it's a great regiment there. Um, they have all kinds of, uh, like, if you want to take, like, uh, anti-bullying classes. They they do a lot. They do a lot for both kids and adults. So there's tons of options available. Mention Nerd Thug Radio. You get two, two free, free weeks, weeks of, of training. training. Yes, that's right. Make sure, Cox ATA, make sure you like them all on our Facebook page. We tag them in a bunch of stuff. When you see us tag them, go ahead and jump on there, and you can find out which location's closer to you. Like uh, like you said, you mentioned Earthlink Radio. You get two free weeks of training. Uh, but most importantly, what you need to know about Cox ATA is they build leaders, they teach life skills, and they leave a legacy. legacy. Um, and, of course, as always, shout out to the Nerdy Ninja himself. Um, it's just, it's, uh Okay. So this segment here, we got we got a little bit of time here. We have to talk about this because it was relevant. We we were talking about it at our Super Bowl party, and everyone has different opinions and stuff. We're gonna try and just stick this to the facts about it, and we can maybe teeter a little bit. We'll see how it goes. Um, you didn't know about this at all. Uh, I was telling you in, in the, during the break that there were people who turned down performing at the halftime show of the Super Bowl. Which I think is silly because it's the biggest thing. It's the biggest television thing of the year. So this is what Travis Scott said. Travis Scott said, man, it's the Super Bowl. Like, I, I feel like I need to do it. I, I, I need to do it. Like, it's the it's, large, it's the biggest show. It's the biggest show of the year. Of the year. Um. So the issue is uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, has been, he was, he kind of became famous. I feel bad for him a little bit. He was he led a team his rookie year to a Super Bowl. Uh, but what he is most famously known for now is kneeling uh, during the national anthem to protest what he feels like are racial... Uh, help me out here. How would you say this? Racial issues right. in, in, in and the police, country. Police brutality. Police brutality issues, yes. Um, and so he, his issue is he would like... He would like to see that more addressed and that so he's kneeling to try and bring awareness to that so that people can have conversations, et cetera, et right, cetera. Yeah. Um, Made a lot of people upset. It, it, it did, and it basically kind of went away, and then Trump mentioned it in a speech during his, right after he won, I believe, um, and that brought everything back to the forefront. And then, then he, he did uh, a shoe deal with Nike. N- right, and the commercial was crazy. The NFL had to respond when Trump did that, and the NFL responded by most of the teams together as teams kneeling and they weren't even protesting with Colin. They were actually kind of protesting about the president commenting on their league. And they, that a lot of them felt that was inappropriate. Even Jerry Jones knelt and he said, you know, it's not about taking sides in police and not police. It's about, you know, if someone's going to speak about us as an entity, we need to stand together. Uh, yes. So then Colin Kaepernick does the Nike commercial, uh, re- essentially, it's a renewal of his Nike deal. Actually, he had like a four-year deal, and it was expiring. And Just apparently, another one. Uh, everyone wanted to sign him, which I kind of thought was interesting. Under Armour and all these other people were very interested in signing him, but the reality is, you won't see his shoes on TV anywhere because he's not playing. Uh, he's also suing the league now because he didn't get any job offers. And as people roll their eyes and say, "Oh my gosh, so entitled and so millennial and blah blah blah." The reality is teams like the Washington Redskins went and got guys like Josh Josh Johnson who hadn't played football in longer than Colin Kaepernick hasn't played football. Josh Johnson hadn't even been in the league. Uh, Colin Kaepernick had been in the league more recently than Josh Johnson is the best way to say that. Uh, so there is a little bit of relevance there if you're skipping him completely and you're going to find guys like if you have a list of people you're going to call and he's not even on it. You're not doing your full homework because there are he is he did lead a team to a Super Bowl. He's got to be better than Josh Johnson. Right. Um and so, so he's at least a, probably better at this. He probably is. Now for the people who say, okay, but teams don't want to deal with the controversy and they don't want to deal with the noise. That's a possibility, but if that's the reason you're not signing him, then you also can't tell your fans 
that you're that you're just worried about wins and losses because you're not anymore. You've now moved into the realm of yeah, but when you guys complain too much, we hear you. But they don't always hear you, right? They keep the coach you don't like. They go and get guys like Michael Vick who went to federal prison for dog fighting. Um, there's all kinds of people and instances that are disturbing He's and upsetting. Too controversial, right? Like a guy taking a knee is more controversial than a guy who beats his girlfriend. Like how or do we fights dogs or fights dogs? How do we come to that moment in America where this guy who kneels during the national anthem, what he does, is more insulting to my morality than signing the wife beaters, signing the dog fighters, signing the assaulters? Signing the cheaters, signing the DUIers, signing like the drug addicts, like we could go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Like the things that everyone else gets suspended for and brought back for cheating, steroids, inflated footballs, uh, filming practices, all of these other things that we want to complain about. Here was a guy who literally was just making a statement. Um. So fast forward, fast forward to the Super Bowl. Rihanna turns it down. She was their first choice to perform this year. And she said, nah, not even not even a little bit interested. If you guys don't want to hear uh if you guys don't want Colin Kaepernick, I don't want I don't want y'all. Cardi B said publicly at the VMAs, Colin, as long as you're kneeling, we're gonna stand for you. And so Cardi B basically told them, Don't call me. Uh so there's two huge musical acts right there turning down the money. Turning down the exposure, turning down the opportunity for the racial reasons. So coming into the Super Bowl, there was a conversation because the, the, who they wound up going with was Maroon 5, which isn't a terrible choice. I like Maroon 5. Uh, they've got plenty of songs that I enjoy. Uh, interesting enough, they actually even have a song with Cardi B. Um, but the issue is when you look at it, they're in Atlanta. They're in the city of hip-hop. They're in a city that's predominantly a black culture city. It's like a, you know, this is where, this is where rap music comes from. The South, uh, Outcast is why Big Boy shows up. You gotta have Outcast or at least half of Outcast if you're gonna be in uh, in Atlanta. <laughs> um, and the reality is, they should have they, but they couldn't do any more because there weren't any more acts big enough. It seems as though behind the scenes, the people they talked to when they would reach out and ask were saying, no, no, we're good. We're good. So Travis Scott gets to go play a song for a minute, and then he disappears off the side of the stage. Big Boy does about a minute, and he disappears off the side of the stage. And then to make it all worse, Adam Levine takes his shirt off, and you see his nipples. And if you remember when the Super Bowl was in Houston 20 years ago, Janet Jackson had a nipple come out, and she was banned from live television for years. Uh, Justin Timberlake famously is the one who took the little fabric piece off of her boobie and uh, nothing happened to him because he's awesome. He's Justin Timberlake. Right, yeah. But Janet Jackson was banned from live television for, for numerous years. Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's weird. Now, the NFL, and I don't think this was an accident, they went out of their way to honor, they had Gladys Knight sing the anthem. They had, like, just, they found as many black people as possible to honor and to give things to, and to give coin, coin tosses, and to, there were so many old black people on the field at the beginning of the game during the ceremony, and I think that was the NFL's way of trying to be like, look, we know black people, like we're not racist, we're not, promise. we're not involved in this issue, we're trying real, real hard, please don't get mad at us. We tried to get Cardi and Rihanna, but they said no. Right, and that's I think I, I think it's exactly what it was. They put as many black people out there as they possibly could to be like, listen, we found some black people. Um, but I do think, you know, I think it's worth talking about because it, it dominated the conference. Maroon 5 wound up donating their whole thing to, uh, I don't even know what it was. It was a charity. It's a good cause. Whatever it was, it was a good cause. Um, but the reality is the politics have kind of invaded the story. Um, I don't even know if you call that politics. I think you just... No, you call that politics. Is, it, is that politics? They're, it's, it's they're not, not political people. These it's aren't. Not, it's not. It's not politics. In like, there's like, no uh, other no, political story where I would go. Rihanna, Cardi B, Maroon Five, and Colin it's, Kaepernick. It's, it's political because that's. It's just political. Doesn't have to be like these people are in politics. It's more like the relationships between people. That's no, and that's a fair way to describe it. It just feels odd to call it a political conversation, right? Yeah, because but politics exists in everything. It's just this is true. This is true. There's politics in the show. Like right. I'm more powerful than Nico. 
Right. <laughs> That's how that goes, even though I control everything. And if I, <laughs> if I just disappeared tomorrow, everything would go wrong. Uh, that would be a huge pain in the butt. We'd have to do it all ourselves again. Oh, God. It's the worst. Um, but, no, I just think it's interesting. Like I said, I think the NFL has a long spotted history where as long as it's entertaining to us, we don't care who they put on the field. And then here was this guy who was making a statement, and all of a sudden it was really offensive to a lot of people. And I think what it boils down to is I'm going to say it this way, and I you know, I mean it with love, but I, I think it is essentially this way. I think it was kind of a white America reaction. I think white America was very upset that on their Sundays where it's God and football, and this guy is trying to make us think about something that we don't want to think about, that we don't want to talk about, that we don't want to deal with. And I think the reason why is, as somebody who is half white, um, I think one of the issues is it's hard for people to understand where their place in racism is, and are they a part of it, or do they like are they guilty of it if they don't do something to stop it? How do they stop it? They don't see racism on a day-to-day basis, so is it their fault that it happens? They don't believe, you know, we don't want to believe that the people that we count on, and uh, the movie Crash has a really complicated story involving police and, and their interactions, and the same woman who one day is assaulted by a police officer is saved by the same police officer the next day, and she just kind of looks at him and has this look on her face like, who are you and why would you do this? And it's And it's because... It's a complicated relationship. It is a complicated relationship. And it's in and it's how we push ourselves to make our relationships better, I think, is how we fix things. And I think if we're willing to at least hear the other side of the conversations, I think that's the first step. You don't necessarily have to agree with whatever what with everything they say, but if you're willing to sit down and listen, not think about what you want to say back when they're talking, but actually listen, you'll hear things that you realize are different than how you see things. Right. And that, that I think is a big part of it. Uh, all right. Well, that we're up against it here. So that's a weird way to end the sports show, but I guess that's what we got to do. Um, thanks Wait. for tuning in to the very first nerd thug sports. Yay. Uh, we got will real, real, real heavy there. <laughs> got real heavy there, but I mean, listen, the Super Bowl did it to us. It's not our fault this time. You did it to us sports. You did it to us sports, but sports is what that's for, right? Like it, it transcends these things. Uh, Jackie Robinson. Um, now, obviously, stay tuned, and tomorrow at 2 p.m., there will be the debut of Nerd Thug Wrestle right here on this station, 2 p.m., and then, of course, on Monday at 2 p.m., Nerd Thug Radio returns with the vengeance. 201. That's right. Get ready, boys. Start the 200s era. Uh, anyway, thanks for hanging out with us today, and we'll, uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow.